This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by My Expat Taxes. They are a female expat founded company and I use them for my taxes every year because yeah, guess what? If you're a US American, even if you're living abroad, you have to file your US taxes. Pretty much every year I've had at least one new challenge to my taxes that I've had to work through. And what I love about my expat taxes is it's a software that is backed by people. So anytime I have a question, I can just contact them and they are really quick and friendly and so helpful. On top of that, they also make regular updates and improvements to the software. So for instance, now you can do your FBAR through them. There is even a live chat option. Seriously, every year I come back and get reminded why I like them so much and I get more impressed because of their improvements. So if you are a U.S. American living abroad, take this first off as a PSA and a reminder that you have to file your U.S. taxes. But also don't freak out. Just head over to myexpattaxes.com. They have tons of free open online resources explaining everything to you. To try out the software yourself, you can sign up using the code EXPATCAST, written in all caps, to save 10%. Have fun filing your U.S. taxes with My Expat Taxes. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and this is the season six finale. This means we are hitting 150 episodes, nearing up on the four year anniversary of this podcast and another big landmark that happened recently 100,000 downloads. As the podcast has grown, it stayed intimate. So of the hundreds of people who are downloading every week, I've talked to, I mean, a not unimpressive percentage of you guys, whether it be on the podcast as an episode or just through, you know, DMs or email. I know a lot of you and that's the coolest thing ever. You guys are so cool. So I'm really, really grateful for this nice little community. And I'll be honest, actually, this last season of the expat cast was probably the hardest one that I've done because yeah, I've gone through a lot the past four years, but somehow the last six months or so feel especially challenging because I'm in some kind of internal conflict at the moment. And I, I think that's what's different. All the things I've gone through in the past that you've heard me talk about on the show, be it career or going through a breakup or whatever it is, I've always felt very internally clear about what I wanted and what my next steps were. And right now I feel very, very deeply unclear about it all in a way that I haven't felt in, I don't know, like a decade or so. And honestly, some days I struggled with the podcast because it it just takes up a lot of my time, a lot of my energy, and it's emotional energy too, you know, emotional energy that I kind of felt like I needed for myself in some days, in some moments. I'm really glad that I stuck with it because I think I've been leaning on the podcast pretty heavily lately, actually. I started refocusing my guests and my episodes on topics and people that I wanted to get into. It felt weird at first because it felt kind of selfish and I thought, shouldn't I be more focused on what the community wants? But then I finally realized this community was built up around me building a podcast about things that I was interested in. So we probably have some shared interests, but also it's just more authentic and more vulnerable if I'm present. So because our little community here has been such a wonderful, warm place, I felt comfortable enough sharing at least part of my internal conflict, which is this question that I'm having about, do I want to have kids or not? 
Honestly, I never thought that this was a question I'd be having, so I was very unprepared to be questioning it as completely and seriously as I was. I didn't know what to do with this energy that I found myself having. So first, of course, I talked to people privately, so close friends and even some voices that you're going to hear on this episode. So people that I met through this podcast community who I do consider people I can confide in and, and talk things through with. Talking about it with people helped me so much, both because I'm an external processor. Is this a shocker? I have a podcast. So we all know this, right? Um, but also because hearing their responses helped me realize where I relate and where I don't relate. And they gave me different models of how a life can look. That's all to say I am very grateful for the entire journey over the four years, over the last six months that have gotten us to this season finale. The fact that there are enough people willing to share about their experiences and their opinions really means the world to me. Yeah, maybe it's okay to admit that I I need this too. It's not just about putting something out there that's going to help you guys, though I do think that this episode will be that. It's also hopefully, and I think it already is, going to help me. The last sign that I've gotten that doing this episode is definitely the right idea and that in the midst of all this chaos I'm feeling inside, this is one thing that feels aligned, that feels right. I'm going to become an aunt, like now, like right now, of the moment that I'm saying these words out loud. <laughs> so my oldest sibling and his wife are currently in a hospital. My sister-in-law's in labor and my little niece or nephew is on his or her way. This is the first time that I'm becoming an aunt <laughs> and I could not be more excited. And the fact that of all the days for me to finally sit down and put this episode together, it happens to fall on the day that this little baby is on their way to us. It just, it all feels somehow right. So let's get into the episode. Who knows, at some point while making this episode, you might hear a little break while I go celebrate <laughs> my family growing. But yeah, long intro all to share a little bit about where I've been coming from and to say thank you to all of you guys who make this possible, whether you're a contributor to this episode, to past episodes, or someone who's just listening. I know you're out there and you're making my life better. <laughs> so thank you. All right, enjoy the episode. The first submission I want to share with you guys comes from a recent guest, Julian, and his fiance. They did a really good job of laying out their personal criteria for what they would need or want to feel confident and comfortable with going forth with having a kid. I think they lay it out really well, really clearly, and touch on a lot of things that you'll hear throughout the episode as, as points for people in one camp or another. So this is the perfect one to start with because it lays it all out for us really nicely. This is Julian. Hi, this is Genesis. Yeah, so we thought the first thing we would definitely consider when deciding if we are going to have a kid abroad is whether we have stability or not. And it can be job stability. It can be whether you know where you're going to be in the next year or not um, so that you can give some sense of of a stable home to to the child that's coming, that's really important for us. Um, and that also brings me to the second point, which is we will really need to be in a place that offers us as 
a good and strong social and health system that really gives us peace of mind when having a child, when planning for it, when deciding where to give birth, that we can trust the doctors and the system. So that's important. But also the other part is, will we have the chance to take enough parental leave so that we can be a part of the child's life from early on, no? Uh, we, we wouldn't like to, to, to just be probably a month with a kid and then we have to go both because we have to work. So in, in that sense, I think Germany is a really good place to have a child because the maternity and paternity leave policies are certainly much better than in other countries that, that we know of. And uh, at least for us, Latinos coming from Venezuela, um, the safety aspect of the country we would be having a child or raising the child is very important as well. We want to be safe and feel safe ourselves and f for the child to, to have perhaps this, this sense of, of, of safety that we did not enjoy as children. And uh, yeah, that's of course great in the case of Germany, no question there. But of course, if you are raising a child in a foreign country, in your host country, that child would potentially be growing up without having regular contact to relatives. And at least Latinos, we usually grow up with <laughs> lots of cousins, uncles, whatever, grandparents around. And uh, it's just a lovely sense of community and, and, a, and a major network of support. And that's not necessarily present there unless you have uh, something like that when in your host country, which would be great. But that would also mean for us, uh, we decided it would mean if we have a child abroad, that we would have another task as parents, which would be to teach this child, the child with the, with the values of, of our culture and our traditions of, of our home country. And that is something which is, of course, comes right on the top of everything else that you have to do as a parent. But we would be, I think, uh, both very happy to do it. Yeah. Now, I've organized the submissions into three camps. Definitely want to have kids, definitely do not want to have kids, and undecided. And we're going to start with the submissions from people who said, yes, I definitely want to have kids. And, in fact, all of these that you're about to hear, they do already have kids, or at least a kid. When I was putting together this episode and putting out the call for submissions, I had some, I guess, theories of what kind of answers I would get. And one big one is that I would hear from people saying, I was totally convinced that I should have kids because of the social support or whatever country they have ended up moving to. For more on that, let's hear from one of my favorite people that I have gotten to know through this podcast, which is Casey. Casey from Cologne is her name on Instagram. She's been on the show a couple times talking about becoming bilingual and about her trip back home to the States after years and a whole dang pandemic <laughs> since her last visit. And most recently, Casey became a mother. So she had her son in, I believe, December which makes her the newest mom out of these submissions. Hey, it's Casey Krieger, originally from the States, currently living basically in the suburbs of Cologne, Germany. A lot of things have changed about my ideas about child rearing since being in Germany. After experiencing how well I've been taken care of here, my husband and I basically decided if we were to ever expat, we would only, we would only do it after we're done having kids. First and foremost, Germany has a great social system that allows you to actually enjoy being a parent. It's pretty criminal what the States does and the lack of social services for moms and parents. 
I had eight weeks paid maternity leave prior to my um, due date. And then currently I am on maternity leave for two years. One of those years is fully paid and the other year is unpaid, but I am guaranteed a spot back at work. You know, and also I needed a breast pump and there's programs where you can rent out breast pumps for free as long as you have a script from your doctor. Um, so that means I don't have to go and pay for an expensive breast pump. I can just rent one out for however long I need. I'm really taken aback about how well parents are taken care of. And I think that's reflected in the parenting that you see in Germany versus the States. And again, parenting is hard regardless. So this is by no means to shit on anybody in the States. Um, it's just a different lifestyle tactic, you know. Because parents have to return to work at the very latest three months after they gave birth, a lot of milestones are really pushed in the States because parents only have a limited time with their kids right before they go to Kita or kindergarten or a daycare. Where in Germany, since parents have so much time to be with their kids, milestones, I mean, yes, they're a thing, but they're not push on the kids kids can just be kids they can play you see so many kids outside and i think it's also different versus the states you see so many kids outside and there's actually special play suits that kids have yeah so i guess what i'm saying is i'm, I'm really really lucky to be able to raise a child here versus the states and, you know my heart goes out to all the moms in the united states that struggle finding daycare that's affordable struggle going back to work and, and missing early childhood development with your child because there's a lack of funding or there's a lack of options or, you know, having to piecemeal together some sort of maternity time off from your vacation days with um, long-term disability. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So I'm very blessed to be able to be raising a child here. Yeah, and any thoughts as a new mom? I think the greatest thing I learned was getting to know your child is just like getting to know a new roommate i had the perception that as soon as you give birth you're just gonna think your kid shits out sunshine and, and that was not for me it was never postpartum depression it was just there's this new human and we had to learn how to interact together so the the first five six weeks i just i felt like i was taking care of my kid out of obligation and not from a place of love and then once we built a relationship together of knowing how he works with me and vice versa and what cries meant hunger versus tired yeah now i can say my kid does really shit out sunshine but it took me a while to get there because i just assume that you automatically fall in love with your kid as soon as they're born and, and that's not true and once i finally was able to vocalize how i felt to my hey mama which is basically a doula and my partner and my friends here everyone's like oh yeah that's normal but I guess you don't really see it visually, whether on social media or I never was exposed to that thought that you don't need to fall in love with your kid immediately. But yeah, I will say that it's gotten better. You know, once you start to see your kid's personality and you hear their first laugh, um, it definitely changes motherhood. And there's obviously also you change personally who you are because you have to take care of someone else beside yourself. So that's been different. But I think because I've had so much points in my life where I had to change who I was because of the situations I'm in, it was never, I guess now going into this phase as new mom hasn't been that much of an earth shattering moment for me. Um, I still make sure to take time out for myself, which is really important. Make sure that I always shower every day, which is really important. Um, but yeah, I've been enjoying being a new mom and I look forward to all of the new 
phases that brings but you know i also do miss you know going out maybe staying up past 10 p.m carnival was definitely a different experience this year versus a few years back but yeah i mean all phases of life there's going to be challenges but i look forward to what they bring these next couple answers share some of the themes that casey laid out so well in her response but these next ones have something in common that i somehow just didn't really think about, which I guess tells you something about my own thoughts on this whole topic. But these people all said, yeah, I just I wanted kids. It's not that I wanted kids as an expat or that these two topics, living abroad and having children, have anything to do with each other. It's just both things that are true. I live abroad and I want kids. Yeah, somehow it didn't occur to me that it could be that simple. My name is Sean and I'm the host of a podcast called The Germany Experience. For my wife and I, it wasn't that we moved to Germany to have kids. In fact, having a kid here was uh, not explicitly part of the plan. We came to Germany with the idea that we would see if it could be a home for us. But we also knew that at some point in the future, we wanted to have children. So naturally, when we did decide that we were going to stay in Germany long term, it also meant that we were deciding to have children here. After the birth of our first child in 2010, we were blown away by all the things we learned about the help that parents get here, like Elternzeit, which is parental leave for both parents, Kindergeld, which is a monthly payment you get just for having a kid, uh, but it's, it's intended to help you out with the expenses related to that. And that was just incredible. Now, as it turned out, my eldest son was born with a genetic defect, which meant that he is what the Germans called schwerbehindert. So he's a special needs child. He has delays in his intellectual, speech, and physical development. And this is something as a parent that is hard in your own country to deal with. But I can tell you that it is 10 times harder in a foreign country where you don't understand the language that well yet. We had literally dozens of visits at hospitals, doctors, specialists, you name it, in the first, I would say, three or four years of his life. And processing the information in German for us just added to the stress that we had of wanting to help our little boy as much as we can. And there's a certain feeling of helplessness in a foreign culture where you feel like you're not advocating for your son and not doing as much as you should be for your child to get them the treatment that they need. On the flip side, the the additional support that Germany provides for families with special needs is incredible. From therapy through to organizing jobs for them when they're older, A lot of it is geared towards integrating these young people into society. And I think it's incredible what they do. And uh, I mean, there are problems with the system, (laughs) which I've seen from the inside, having experienced it with my son. But uh, that is, believe me, a topic for another day. But mostly it is really helpful and positive. We've since had two daughters here in Germany, and we feel that they have far more opportunities here than they might have had in South Africa. And of course, things change with time and who knows what war in Europe brings. But for now, we feel like Germany is still a great country to bring children up in and to to have a family. This is Ashley, an American in Freiburg. So I currently have a kid. I have a a wonderful three-year-old boy. And if you would have asked me five years ago, even if um, that was on my radar, it certainly was not. I came to Germany for my boyfriend at the time, now husband. We at some point talked about kids and my feeling was no, definitely not. And then it changed to, well, you know, I think I might like a family. But the just idea of being pregnant 
scares the living daylights out of me. So maybe adopting. And then eventually it came to be that, well, you know, yeah, it scares me. But my desire to have a child is then larger than my fear of the physicality of going through pregnancy and labor and everything. So at that point, decided to go for it. Basically, after I got pregnant, I soon found out about all of the resources available to expecting mothers here. So my decision to have a kid was not based on the structure or system that's set up here in Germany. Yeah, so it really was more so based on my relationship at the time and my desire to have a kid. Now, did having a kid then impact my living abroad life slash lifestyle? I mean... I guess having a kid impacts your life anyways. It's, it's a huge life change. I was already at the point in my life abroad where I was feeling quite settled. And I guess I didn't really see it and I don't really see it as living abroad right now. I just see it as home right now. Of course, having a kid, it does change how you're able to live your life. But yeah, I was already found myself in quite a a routine and, and thinking that, you know, I'm ready for that next step. I'm ready to introduce another life into my life and I'm ready for the challenges and ups and downs that that will bring. I knew that I we wouldn't for a while be able to do the traveling that we had necessarily been doing. Um, then, then again, it, I guess it didn't really stop us. We still did kind of our annual December trip, even right after our son was born. Really, it was COVID that put a cramp in our traveling style. I, I don't think that you have to put your life or your hobbies even on hold just because you, you have a kid. I mean, you do, of course, need to adapt to that. So it's, an, it's entirely possible and it doesn't have to stop your life. You just have to be flexible. I think you, you have to adjust with it, which I mean, you have to do anyways. This is Megan Kitchen from Balancing Stories Podcast. I'm an American who married a Finn, and I'm raising two kids in Munich, Germany. I always wanted kids. For me, it's not a story of having kids abroad. It's just a story about having kids. The challenges I face in parenting are ones that even friends of mine who do not live outside of their passport country face. Living away from grandparents is not a unique situation to expats and immigrants, but it's definitely one that I face in my parenting. As an American living in Germany, my side of the family does not live locally. The fact that I married a Finn on top of that means the other side of the family does not live locally. But that means we built up a community of friends. And I, again, don't think that's unique to an expat or immigrant experience. I think it's something most expats and immigrants do out of necessity, out of survival, because parenting is hard. Please do not try and do this on your own. Find your people that will be there for you when you need them, if only to scream into the void about the difficulties you're facing and to also send gorgeous pictures of your children when they do the most adorable thing that you're super duper proud of. You need those people, and those people do not need to be biologically connected to you. I guess one thing that people listening might be thinking is, I don't know if I want kids because I also want to travel and see the world or live somewhere different or have the flexibility. But for me, it wasn't a question of, do I want kids or do I want this particular lifestyle? I was already living this lifestyle. I'd already moved outside of my passport country and was traveling regularly and seeing the world. 
and I knew I wanted kids. And so it wasn't, oh, because I'm down this path of expat immigrant life, I now have to decide whether or not I want kids. No, the question was, how do I make it work? And you can make it work. It may not look the same as you planned when it came to traveling as a single person or traveling as a couple, but it doesn't mean you can't travel. It doesn't mean you can't live in a new country every couple years. Everything is still possible. You just have to do it in a slightly different way and with a slightly different budget. So I guess having kids abroad is like having kids anywhere. For our last answer in the yes, pro kids camp, we're going to hear from someone who, gosh, the minute I heard her submission, I just got a big smile on my face. I'm talking about Stephanie, who's also been on the podcast a couple times. Stephanie has definitely some things in common with the other stories we've heard, but as you'll hear, her path was maybe a bit more winding, a bit less clear or straightforward. And I think this is also something that I've really learned through starting to ask people around me, hey, what do you think about having kids? Because I think in my mind, people who do have kids, I, I've just, I guess, assumed that it was this plan that they had, that they always knew they wanted kids, then they had kids, great. But that's actually not as true as I think it is. I'm, I'm really surprised by the amount of people who do have kids and are really happy with that decision. But they came to it from maybe a more ambivalent or unexpected place. Hiya, it's Stephanie, your favorite Austrian here in Germany. I fell pregnant with my husband, uh, with my little boy, uh, who was born in 2020 in February, so just before the pandemic hit. There's a lot of support and help you do get here in Germany if you work your way through the bureaucracy. As we all know, the bureaucracy here is detailed to the point of being pernicious sometimes, very finicky, and you really have to work and think your way in. I'm a native German speaker and still find the process sometimes a little bit intimidating. Find, though, that once you, you worked your way through it, you, you actually get a lot out of the system. Uh, you get certainly more than I would have gotten had I still been in the UK. Uh, you get plenty of time off if, you, if that's what you want. You get uh, subsidized childcare as well, which we're uh, taking advantage of now. My decision to have children was a long, winding road. And I think the, the adage that it's never the right time for children is absolutely true. Yeah, um, I pivoted on that so many times in my life. When I turned 30, there's a lot of my friends uh, around me, female friends who who started to kind of really plan children and wanted children. And that was a thing that really wanted to do. When I turned 30, I was in the pub. I was getting drunk. I was kind of enjoying my life. I had just broken up with, uh, with someone or, or, well, they had broken up with me. That's a different story. I kind of just started enjoying my life at 30 and I, I had plans and children or, or even marriage didn't really enter my plans at all at that stage. I was just really, really enjoying what I was doing. I never had that profound urge to be a mother. I, I'm going to be brutally honest, it, it never really figured. And, and, and in fact, when I found out that I was pregnant, uh, that, that was a story in and of itself. So I, I get offered my dream job in Germany finally after a really rough period of, of the, this period of adjusting, this period of, of just finding your feet. Shitty time, honestly, I can't ex describe it in a, in a nicer way. But I finally get this job offer on a Friday 
and we were celebrating the weekend. I kind of had this conversation with my husband and he said, oh, I'm just as well that you're not pregnant. And then I started thinking uh, I was late for my period, uh, as you are. And, and I kind of started putting two and two together. And on a Monday, I did a pregnancy test because I thought, just rule it out. I wanted to actually rule out that <laughs> I was pregnant. And, and of course, within seconds, there was, a, there was a big, angry, purple line, two lines. And it just confirmed that I was, in fact, pregnant. It wasn't entirely unplanned but it was just at a very inopportune time. Hence, it's never the right time to have a child. But it was sort of planned, but it just seemed like nothing was happening. Uh, nothing was happening for, for a good year and a half. So I was beginning to make my peace with the fact that maybe we just can't have children and, and that's fine too. And I was going to have a good life with or without child. Uh, then I, I had to go to work pregnant and that was super awkward. But people at work were really very, very understanding and, and very kind about it and very nice about it. But all in all, it, it, it turned out well in the end. It's, it's my boy is now two years and, and he's lovely. I, I, he's beautiful and I love him very much. I would not change anything uh, for the world. I think it's one of those things that, you know, in, in the end, like you have this little being and and he's funny and I accept all his indiscretions on a daily basis because we're entering the terrible twos and that's a challenge on its own so yeah I don't regret anything it, it was the wrongest right time or the rightest wrong time it could have happened in, in many ways and I mean the decision to have children it was kind of a half arse decision that kind of then followed through in a, in a in, in unexpected ways and and one of the things for me was always like being able to to have a good base and and we have absolutely a very good solid secure base here in Germany with where we are at in our professional lives financially and and, and that was always very important and for a long 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 time I didn't have that especially not when I lived in the UK and when I was studying and when I did the PhD but here I do have that so I guess I was very confident as well then when it was a fact that we were going to uh, become parents. We had a good setup here and, and, and that made everything a lot easier. In addition to hearing the stories submitted by the community of listeners of the Podcast, I also wanted to include some links of things that I've read or watched while I go through my own struggles with the topic. So keeping this theme in mind of people who were maybe ambivalent or undecided but did end up deciding to have kids, there are two links that are in the show notes that I want to mention. One, I, I mean, I can't do an episode about having kids and not mention that Cheryl Strayed essay, right? I, I have to mention it. <laughs> so years ago now, Cheryl Strayed, who's the author of Wild, she had an advice column and she wrote a response to someone who was unsure if they wanted kids or not that's become quite famous in this debate. Her outlook is sort of, imagine that you're sitting back at 80, what would you regret more not doing? That approach actually helped a travel blogger that some of you guys might know. She goes by Be My Travel Muse on Instagram, on her blog, on YouTube. She is a US American who spent 10, 15 years solo traveling the world, being really nomadic, and recently decided at 35 to become a mom. She has some stories that she saved as highlights on her Instagram where she talks about this, and she has a really nice YouTube video about her decision. So as said, links to both of those are in the show notes. Now let's get into the second category of responses, which is no, I will not be having kids. 
There's two parts to this that I want to address. One is people who choose to be child-free, and the other is people who do not choose to be child-free. And let's start with that second one. This is really a topic that's much bigger than I can really get into and just this short segment within a larger episode. I really would like to spend more time, a whole episode, multiple episodes, who knows, talking about being unable to have kids as expats. Infertility is something that affects so many people and that, for whatever reason, seems to have a culture of silence around it. And I think there's, of course, plenty of reasons ranging from society being kind of the worst sometimes and shaming people for things like that to something that would be totally understandable, such as this is too personal and painful to share about. When I think about this topic with expats, I think about medical expenses and navigating the medical system. Like we heard Sean mention earlier, navigating it with his son who has special needs was very, very tricky for them. And I imagine it's similarly challenging if you're navigating the various fertility clinics and the paperwork that goes into that all in a foreign country. One listener sent me a link to a great article on The Guardian called Infertility Stung Me, Black Motherhood and Me by Edna Bonham, who lives in Berlin. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. And recent podcast guest Kate from Share the Love blog actually put together a resource page talking about pregnancy troubles as the expat. That'll also be linked to in the show notes. Beyond that, I did just want to mention I have for this episode and in the past had conversations with people who have struggled with exactly that topic. So far, it's not something that they've been wanting to talk about publicly, but I just wanted to mention it just so that you guys know that that is out there. And, you know, if this is something that you're experiencing, you are definitely, definitely not alone. Now to shift and take a look at people who are being child-free by choice. One more thing that I will link to in the show notes is a YouTube video from Donna with Wanted Adventure. I'm sure a lot of you guys know her YouTube channel. She's an American living in Munich, and she has a video from 2019 called Caps Lock, Stop Asking Me If I'm Having Kids. Not only does it cover her own personal outlook on the topic, it also does a good job of getting into why it is so upsetting and annoying (laughs) to be asked that question. Now, I'll say this is another area that I had some predictions for when putting together this episode, because I actually know a lot of people in my expat life in Freiburg who do not have children, though I never really knew the full story. What I learned through my personal conversations with these people is that it comes back to things being way simpler than I imagined. Some expats have kids because they just wanted to have kids and happen to be expats. And some expats don't have kids because they didn't want to have kids and they happen to be expats. (laughs) For a lot of them, it was just about the partner that they're with and the agreement that they'd come to within themselves. And the whole abroad nature of it wasn't that relevant. Actually, I have one submission that gets to this and it is from Steffi from The Adventures of Steffi. She's also been on the podcast before and was happy to share with her name attached to it. She just is off gallivanting Brazil and couldn't send a voice note. So I'm going to read to you guys what she shared. Hey, I'm Steffi, originally from the UK, but I've been living in Germany for almost three years. To be honest, I've always been on a child-free journey. They have simply never played into my personal life plan. I love kids, I love to see my friends starting families, and I love hanging out with those families and kids. But it's just not for me. 
Moving abroad only solidified my decision even more for purely selfish reasons of which I am completely unashamed about. I like my freedom, independence, disposable income, and I like not having anyone be dependent on me. Although I'm in a very happy, long-term relationship, my partner and I are both super independent people. We have our own separate lives, and we also have our life together. I love that I can get up in the morning and leave my flat all day long without a care. I like that my partner and I can decide to go traveling whenever we want without being bound to school holidays or planning too far ahead. I like that I can just spontaneously decide to head into the city for a pub quiz on a Tuesday evening without worrying about feeding times, bedtimes, etc. Having children would change all that. Obviously, I understand it's not impossible to go on holiday, to travel, to move around, or to have disposable income with a family, but there's an awful lot of compromise involved in changing your priorities so that the children are the focus of your world. Simply put, I'm not willing to compromise on my life. There are a number of other reasons I don't want children, ranging from anxiety about the state of the world to my literal personal anxiety and depression that I believe would render me emotionally and mentally unable to care for another life. However, as far as I understand, the German system is very family-oriented. They have a great educational system, a great social system, and there is a lot of emphasis placed on family, especially in the more traditional Bavaria where I live. So I would say if my mind were to change years down the line, I would rather have a family in Germany than back in the UK. I think Steffi's view is really widely shared. I mean, at least from my sample size of my friends. But of course, even with the topic of no, I'm choosing not to have kids, there's still a range of reasons behind that. So let's hear from a couple more people, starting off with George from the podcast, The Canadian Wants to Know. Hi, Nicole. So does living abroad affect my decision to have kids or not? I think, uh, well, first of all, it's not really a decision I can make on my own. I would have to also talk to my wife. And we've been married for about six, seven years. And until today, the answer has always been no. But I'm definitely open to the fact that maybe one day she'll change her mind or maybe I change my mind and then we would have to reevaluate. We live in the south of Germany. We're far away from her family and um, my family. Uh, so I think part of our decision comes from our own feelings about parenting. But I think the fact that we're far away from family definitely factors in as well. If one day we decide to change our minds and we say, hey, you know what? We want to have kids. Then I think we would probably move back to the north of Germany, closer to her family or to Canada, close to my family. I don't think I would like to raise a child alone. I, I definitely think we need a support system and that would not be available to us here in the South. So I think that would probably be um, our best option. This is Kieran. Um, I'm calling in to talk about being child-free by choice and what that means as an expat. So just a little bit of background on me. I was born and raised in the U.S. and then moved abroad to Europe when I was 21 and lived in Europe until I was 29. During that time, I was in a serious relationship with a man, a French man, and really enjoyed the time with his family. Um, but I, I just never wanted kids myself since childhood, and, and that's still the case. I then moved back to the U.S. for my job for five years, and now I'm back in Europe, decidedly long-term. Um, I think it's a, a lifelong move to live in France. I guess for me... What it means is 
if not having a child or family by birth, then really cultivating the relationships around me to make sure that I have family by choice here. Secondly, one thing I always felt in the U.S. is if you don't have a family, then the default is work um, in terms of expectations of you and how much time you put in and how much effort you put in and what's quote unquote worth it in society. In France, I don't feel that way. People really try to lead full lives and kids might be one aspect of it, but it's not the definition of their life. And so I I find it easier here to be child free because of that. My name is Kelty McGuire, and I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada, although I've been living in Munich, Germany for the last four years now. And I am very happy to be able to say that I am happily child-free. Now, it's taken me a long time to arrive at that point, so it feels good to be able to state it out loud, especially on your podcast. Part of the reason why it's taken me so long to arrive at this point is I frankly thought that I would someday feel differently. And I kept waiting for this point to arrive. I thought that once I hit 30 or 33 or 35, etc, that I would suddenly have this desire to have kids. And yet that day didn't arrive. And I'm turning 40 this May. And I've recognized as time has gone on that I'm actually very happy with the life that I have and that the future that I want does not involve having my own kids. Now, I definitely was more indecisive about this when I moved to Germany in 2018, and I've gotten only a lot more confidence, I would say, in the last 12 to 24 months. I can't say that I thought about whether or not I wanted kids or factored that into the move, but it is an interesting question to sort of look at how being an expat or how moving to Germany may have played into this choice. I'm not sure it influenced me in a direct sense, I would say that moving to Germany gave me even more of a taste of really being able to create my life in a very intentional way and looking at exactly what the qualities of that life are as far as wanting to have a lot of freedom and location independence and recognizing that having a child was not, for me, going to play into this kind of life and future that I wanted. This next submission I'm going to use to transition us from category two to category three. I feel like I'm talking about hurricanes, but (laughs) I'm talking about shifting from people who definitely don't want to have kids to people who are questioning it or somewhere in the middle. So this is a note I got from a listener who said she and her friends talk about this topic actually a lot. And the general consensus among them is that people should A, make a conscious decision about having kids, and B, try to put themselves in their future kids' shoes before deciding whether to bring them into the world. In her group, they think there's a lot of wrong reasons to have kids. For example, to give in to familial or societal pressure, wanting their kids to fulfill the dreams that they themselves were unable to fulfill, expecting their kids to provide for them in old age, using kids to drive away their own loneliness, They also said that they believe people should probably think twice about having kids unless they're reasonably sure that they can at least, one, adequately provide for their kids, two, love them unconditionally, and three, bring them up to be happy and decent human beings. This listener says in their friend group, there's a lot of singles and dinks in the circle. So a dink, it's an abbreviation for double income, no kids. This would be couples who are choosing to be child-free. And I think Dink is supposed to be kind of a fun nickname for it, sort of 
hinting at the possibilities that happen when you have, yeah, double incomes and no kids. <laughs> so I think, yeah, in this message, it seems like this group is generally being a bit more questioning of the entire topic. But I would say there are criteria in there where this friend group is saying, hey, if, if you do meet these criteria and you don't meet these other ones, which are more negative things, then yeah, then maybe you could go for it. So it's not a categorical no, it's a think about it. Which is why I wanted to put it between the no category and the eh, maybe category. Now in the undecided category, I have two more submissions I want to share before we wrap things up. The first one I'm going to read, it is from a listener named Anna, who said, I am undecided for thousands of reasons, and whenever I weigh them, it seems more and more crazy to want to have a family. I've always thought that I'd be a great mom, and my partner has always dreamed about a big family. Kids love him, and it's so nice to watch him play with our friends' babies, but here are the reasons why I get very anxious about planning a family right now. As someone coming from Brazil, Europe seems like a paradise to raise children. The maternity leave, the freedom, the safety, all of the Waldorf schools, the Montessori schools, the public schools, the kitas, all of it. But I feel very alienated and lonely very, very often. I still don't have a support network around me, and now we just moved to the Netherlands from Germany. People say there is never a right time and we will never feel ready for it, but now everything is new again, and I know how the roller coaster goes. I've been through a lot adapting to life in Germany, and I'm just too scared now. Plus, pandemic, a war pretty much next door, climate change. Is it fair to put someone in this world? Every time I bring these things up, my partner tries to calm me down saying, we are safe here. But now I'm living in a sinking country. Jokes aside, I'm really looking forward to life in the Netherlands, and I already feel that this country will be kinder to me in comparison to all of the Auslander hardships I dealt with in Germany. But I feel like the world has been screaming to our faces that there isn't much left from that life that we had growing up, so our kids will have a hard time. However, I must say, when I see the little families cycling around with their babies on their cargo bikes, my heart just melts and I get very conflicted. I want them, I just feel like I shouldn't. Thank you, Anna, for that submission. And we've got one more voice note. This comes from Chase, who hosts the About Abroad podcast, which I was recently a guest on, and we spent like an hour gushing about how much we both love Freiburg. <laughs> Chase is an American, and him and his wife, who I believe is also American, live right now in Spain. And here are some of their thoughts and deliberations about having kids as expats. Yeah, so in our situation, I think that we've always sort of seen living abroad and traveling a lot as somewhat of an adventurous lifestyle. And whether that's correct or, or not, I think it's sort of been burned into our psyche that there's like one path where you kind of go the normal route of, you know, graduating college and starting your career, getting married, having kids, buying your home, and sort of living in that place for, for a long time and sticking with that same career for a long time. And it doesn't really mesh well with our view on how we really want to live life, which is revolving around living in a lot of different countries and learning how to speak different languages and traveling a lot and, and not really being in one place. And so I think all of that connects because kids sort of fold into that in the same way. We sort of see kids as being connected to that first path. And that doesn't necessarily have to be true. I think it, it just has to be a mindset shift that, that we have to make because for my wife and I, we, we would like kids. And at the same time, 
we have it in our heads that that would mean sacrificing the lifestyle that we have. And of course, on many levels, there would be lots of changes, but it doesn't mean that we need to choose between living abroad and traveling a decent amount at least and having kids. We just have to sort of change our mindset around that. And I think that's been challenging for us. Um, we don't want to feel tied down to any one place. At the same time, if we were to have a kid, we would want to give them stability and a, and a place to call home and get them into school eventually, of course, and all those things. So figuring out how to balance these two things is sort of hard. I feel like we sort of have like a complex <laughs> that we we can't seem to shake. And um, it's it's an interesting thing to have to think through. Uh, we're now in our mid-30s and don't have kids, but we know that we would like them and we just can't get to that moment where we feel settled and feel like it's, you know, quote unquote, the right time. But most parents, whether they're nomadic or expats or following a traditional path, tell you that there's never the right time that you just have to go for it. So we're caught in this this space where we're just not really sure what to do. And it is a, it is a real thing. It's a real discussion that we have. And I do feel very confident, though, if we were following more of that traditional path and and had roots down, quote unquote, back home, then I think we we would be more inclined to to go ahead and say, yeah, that's what we want to do. We would like to have kids. So there's zero doubt in my mind that our lifestyle and the, the international aspect of it has altered that in some way or another. And coming to grips with how to keep all of these things moving in the same direction is is sort of challenging, definitely. So guys, you know how I said I might at some point during this recording become an aunt? <laughs> well, it happened. <laughs> I officially have a little nephew. By the way, between the last time you heard my voice and right now, an entire day has gone by. <laughs> I worked on the episode for hours last night and just when I decided, okay, it's it's time to, to stop and I'm going to go to bed. I'm just going to leave my phone on loud so that if my niece or nephew is born, I'll hear of it right away. Well, no sooner did I make that decision and start saving everything, closing up my laptop when I get a message and I have a nephew. <laughs> so that has been the most wonderful, incredible news. Everyone is healthy and happy and little boy seems to be very content and kind of confused about his new surroundings. <laughs> So pardon all the stupid grins you can probably hear in my voice and the lots and lots of giggling that's happening. I'm just very, very happy right now. <laughs> Whew, what a reminder of what it is that we're talking about. A newborn just entered this world. Two people who I love so much are now parents. But okay, let me try to refocus my overly excited brain on the topic at hand. Yeah, what I really wanted to say here is that I really relate to Chase's message. And it's really this this mindset thing, or at least that's one aspect of it. I feel like my life has just taken so many twists and turns away from the conventional path. I, I left that behind a long time ago, and that's completely fine with me. I, I never really wanted the conventional path to begin with. But now here I am, it's, it's way less conventional than I ever thought it would be, honestly. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I've just walked so far off the beaten path, I, I don't know if I can even find it if I tried. <laughs> and then it makes me think back to the responses at the beginning of this episode and hearing from people who did decide to have kids. 
they provided such a good reminder that it it's not that it has to be this big radical thing. You know, it can be something that just fits into your life and is just this next or additional aspect of it. So, so if I'm off the beaten path, that's fine. I can have kids on this other path that I'm forming. I think what really strikes me when I look back at this whole episode, all of these different responses, I really can relate to just about everyone in different moments, in different ways. And I see all these perspectives and there's always at least part of it that makes me nod and go, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Which does not exactly solve my dilemma or give me any clarity about what I want. Yeah, I mean, another thing for me is I'm not married. I'm not really committed to any one particular thing in life. There's nothing really tying me to any certain path. You know, if I'd made a decision, if I had a clear yes or a clear no, that would probably shift the way I make some upcoming decisions in my life. Like if I say, no, I do really want kids and I'm going to sort of commit to that and and that's going to be my goal. That's going to change who I'm dating and how I'm dating and my timeline for that. And that shapes how I look at my career and at different projects, because then I am going to be looking at things like, oh, okay, does this job, does this career fit with not just becoming a mother and the immediate medical needs and all of that, but also long-term motherhood? Is this career compatible? Is this location the place that I want to be when I have kids? Is this culture the one that I want my kids to grow up in? Those would be the questions that direct my next couple moves and decisions in life. On the other hand, if I say, no, I'm, I'm definitely not having kids, then yeah, it's those same questions, but totally different answers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let me just answer my own prompt. I'm someone who always thought she wanted kids, and I thought I wanted a lot of them, like four, And I actually have made some pretty strong and decisive decisions in the past several years that were in part informed by that desire and that goal. And then at some point, things started to shift for me and I started realizing, oh, I really like doing things unconventionally. And that feels more comfortable and and makes more sense to me in some way. So then I was looking at unconventional ways of motherhood, which means any number of things like adoption or having a kid on my own and and not doing it with a partner or I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ways I was toying with getting creative with it. And then the reality of how difficult it is to be a mom sneaks back into it. You know, that's not my definite yes answer either, at least not at the moment. And then here's the part that really threw me off. I'd never actually thought through what my life would look like without kids. And I did that. I sat back and I looked at it and I thought, well, it's kind of what I've been doing so far, which honestly has been really, really great. And even when life hasn't been really, really great, like even right now, this big internal crisis that I'm having, I can organize my time and my life in a way that allows me to figure out what's going on, figure out what's going to work for me and then do that. And I'm not taking that many other people into account while I do that. Of of course, I'm being considerate of people that I'm in various kinds of relationships with in life, you know, from family to friendship and beyond. But no one's depending on me. And I think about that and I think, oh, that sounds kind of stressful. And then also, I've always felt really overwhelmed and stressed and kind of sad thinking about how to have kids and especially so many kids as I thought I wanted while living abroad because yeah I mean the number four was always in my mind for reasons that had nothing to do with 
the reality of the life I'm actually living. I'm a librarian, I'm not making a ton of money, and I'm not interested in making a ton of money, so I independently can't really afford that many kids, or, or maybe I could, but we would have to be staying wherever we are, and, and traveling back to the US to see my family wouldn't be realistic. Or I would have to move back to the US and be near my family. And being near my family would be great, but being back in the US is just not something that any part of my body, mind, or soul wants. Yeah, anytime I really looked at it, I was I was stressed and I kind of thought, okay, well, you just figure it out as you go. And of course, probably I'd be doing this with a partner. So that plays into things both financially and then planning wise. But details aside, the, the problem that I guess I'm pointing at is I wasn't just excited about it. I was I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. And I didn't know how I could make this kind of vision that I have actually come to life. And and maybe you can say that's a failure of imagination, right? And if I just get the right mindset, it, it would be possible and, and, and believe that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's a version of life where I can make that version of things happen. It just comes back to, to sacrifice and compromise. Compromise is always a cost benefit analysis, right? And I guess what I'm noticing is the cost that would go into that. I, I mean, I, if I had kids, I'm sure the benefit of having the kids makes it all worth it. But sitting from the outside, is the theoretical benefit enough to drive me to to pay that cost? And right now, it's it's not, which maybe just means I'm not ready for kids right now. I'm sure a lot of you guys have read this book, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Haig? I'm not really sure how you say it. H-A-I-G. Um, it's a bestseller and would definitely recommend it. Basically, the concept of the book is a woman has died and before she reaches the final resting place, she ends up in a library and every book on the shelf is a different version of her life. And she can pick out that book and read it, so to say, try it out, see if she likes it, and then decide if she wants to keep staying in that life or come back to the library and try another book or say, you know what, no, I'm good and, and move on to the final resting place. And I read that book recently and it's really stuck with me because I feel actual angst and concern about the fact that there's so many lives I want to live and only one life that I get to do it. When I think about not having kids, I think about so much more time to do so many more of those lives. Of course, on the other hand, not having them means there's so many versions and experiences that I'm missing out on. But if I'm honest with myself, thinking about it right now does feel like it would be limiting. It does feel like there would be less options. So for me, it does have a lot to do with geography, right? What if I want to move abroad to another new country? What if I want to travel the world also in this really spontaneous and laid back way where there's not much planning involved? I know myself. And if I do have kids, it's probably not the version of life that I'm going to be living. I suppose as I wrap things up, there's a couple thoughts that I want to leave us all with. One is one more recommendation, which is Megan from Balancing Stories. She shared her perspective earlier in the episode, and she actually has a really, really great interview with someone who also was completely undecided about having kids. And in this episode, they really do a great job of going through this person's deliberations. This person I don't think lived abroad, though I do think they lived far from their family. So there's a certain amount of relating that I could definitely do when I was listening. So I'll link to that in the show notes because that was one of the best things I listened to as I'm going through all this in my head. And another thing I wanted to share was some advice that I got from a friend here in Freiburg. She said, just give yourself a deadline. You're still young, give yourself three years to just do whatever you want to do and check back in with yourself then. 
Now that's a really hard thing for me to imagine doing because I'm very linear minded in some ways. And once I get a question, it's, it's really hard for me to just put it aside and just live because I'm sitting here in some kind of crisis being like, well, depending on what decision I make, this means X, Y, and Z for my finances, for partnership, for location, da, da, da. And I feel like I want to make the right choices now to set up that future success. So I want to know, but but realistically, I don't know. So the more time goes on, the more I start to think, hey, that's some really good advice. And okay, no, I knew it was good advice from the start. I just didn't know if I could follow it. But I think maybe I can. Okay, I'm already rambling way too long about this topic. Honestly, I could keep going. <laughs> I suppose that's a little glimpse into my thought process on this whole topic. As, as you can tell, it's quite circular. It, it calls itself out. I'll get halfway through one thought and then rationality will interrupt it or emotion will come in and sway me some other way. So it doesn't get anywhere very quickly, but that's what it's like to be in my brain these days. <laughs> so with that, I'm gonna round the corner and head to home. There's no ending segment this week. I'm not zack, zack, zacking myself. Um, <laughs> so I will just say thanks one more time to everyone who submitted to this episode. Those who have projects and websites, I've linked in the show notes, and I've also linked all of the different resources that I mentioned throughout this episode. I am very interested in hearing everyone's thoughts about this topic, about this episode. So hit me up on Twitter and on Instagram at the expatcast and chime in with your two cents. You can always email me at the expatcast at gmail.com. After today, I am on season break. I don't know how long it'll be. As you can imagine, I am going to be using some of that newfound free time to look inwards more and try to come to some peace with this topic, but also the other topics that are coming up within me. So if I don't email back very quickly, well, A, that's typical me, but B, that's what's going on. I will share on social media when season seven will be kicking off, and I'm always open to hearing from you guys with new topic ideas, with guest suggestions, so hit me with them. <laughs> As always, I appreciate any five-star ratings, any reviews on Apple Podcasts or on my website. I want to thank Amy Lunky Art for the logo and Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. Till I'm back in your feeds on some Thursday, some weeks or months from now, I hope you guys have a wonderful spring and summer, that you stay healthy, that you stay safe. This done. Tschüss!